You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul Hernandez. And welcome to the Comics Hall. We missed you guys last week, but we have an excellent show lined up for you today where we will be covering all of the books from Wednesday, uh, January 27th, which is today. But we are also going to be joined by a special guest in a little bit. Uh, You may have heard of him, Gem Mint Collectibles. But for now, we are joined on screen by our lovely moderator, Jasmine. Hi, welcome, everybody. We're live in a whole bunch of places, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Join us anywhere that you want to. Nice. (laughs) So you guys can interface with Jasmine during the show. She will be taking your questions, comments, concerns. If you have something you want to shout compliments. out. Compliments. Compliments. Yes, that is the, that's the one I always forget. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff to cover for you guys. Thank you for joining us this week. Sorry about the power outages we had last week, uh, but we are rolling right along with this week's books. But we do have some news. There's been a ton of news. we got Marvel, DC, Image. Everybody's hitting all yeah. at once. So, Paul, do you want to get us started with the the updates for the week? Sure do. Let's go over to the DC Universe, because as of January 21st, the DC Universe app has relaunched as DC Universe Infinite. Uh, this newly revamped platform is comic-focused, featuring a library of over 25 thousand titles yes twenty five thousand titles from dc vertigo black label and milestone media uh new titles will hit the infinite library six months after publish date because they got to compete with marvel in that aspect and i don't blame them and digital first titles will arrive three months from launch uh there will be uh, upgraded library and customization features though this does mean the dc universe television and movie slate is no longer hosted on the app uh and again some of you might already be aware of a lot of that might already live or will live on HBO Max, but current DC Universe subscribers can continue to use their same login credentials, and a new subscription is $7.99 a month, and the year is now $74.99. I was very, very excited when that happened, so much so I was like showing Amy, like, Amy, look, Amy, look. <laughs> it was very exciting. <laughs> and you can, uh, that customization, you can even change the home screen widget to a number of different characters I saw they previewed. You could have punchline on your, your phone screen if you want to, to keep you updated on comics now hopping over to the marvel universe marvel's gonna have a bit of a rebirth uh but not quite in the same way that dc comics did marvel has revealed more information plus an animated teaser trailer for their mysterious new event called heroes reborn well i guess it's a little less mysterious now because we know that this is written by jason aaron with art by ed mcginnis who you might recognize as a duo that are currently tackling the avengers i know that there are some rotating artists but jason aaron and ed mcginnis are the kind of core of the avengers book right now and the heroes reborn event will see a world without the avengers as the vampire hunter blade wakes up in a new reality where the squadron supreme are earth's mightiest heroes if you're seeing characters that look a little bit like wonder woman and batman that's actually power (laughs) princess and nighthawk so uh best come correct in this new reality captain america never got off the ice thor never lifted his hammer and phil colson might have just made a deal with the devil uh this Uh, is going to be spinning out yeah you know you know Phil Coulson's always doing crazy stuff. Uh, But this is spinning out of the uh, Enter the Phoenix event as the Phoenix Force will burn the world to ash and rebirth a new Marvel Universe. There are teaser images of new characters like Silver Witch and Dr. Juggernaut. We got some mashup villains going on uh, and more on Marvel's blog. And Heroes Reborn will begin in May. There's currently no news on whether it's a wine, uh, wine wide. Why do I always say that? Line wide publishing event uh, or if it's just going to affect the Avengers titles with some new spinoffs but we're going to get more information on that when they release their may solicitations we just got the april solicitations last week though yep as we always say when we know you'll know so (laughs) uh moving over to image uh image comics has announced that eisner award-winning artist michael walsh is teaming up with an all-star like a true all-star list of writers for a new horror anthology series set in a shared supernatural timeline called the silver coin Writers Chip Zdarsky, Kelly Thompson, uh, Ed Brisson, and Jeff Lemire will each pen a new issue of the anthology, and all stories will be connected by the presence of a cursed silver coin. The first issue launches in April, as Zdarsky and Walsh tackle the tale of a failing 1978 rock band whose luck changes when they find the the cursed coin. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, they were sort of teasing that image on Twitter 
for a little bit and they would just slowly unveil a, uh, unveil a new name and a new name um and honestly it's it's an it's a murderer's row quite possibly literally of of talent on that book so we're very excited for that and i'm looking forward to that because as the solicit states each of the stories is separate but they are connected by the common theme but this right. is a series where you could possibly just pick up one issue that is maybe being penned by your favorite writer and you don't mm-hmm. have to pick up the rest but as for me i will be picking up every single issue because it all sounds fantastic and i love every single one of those writers on the list speaking of writers we love uh our last piece of news today is a fun one today i mean they're all fun but today source (laughs) point press has published the first issue of a new mature rated fantasy miniseries called the eighth immortal and we are telling you this because it was going to be on our aim list today Uh, i still will post up some information on our social channels about it but we wanted to highlight it as part of the news because the series is written by jacob murray who worked with Tom Gilliland to write the Court of the Dead Shadows of the Underworld graphic novel for Sideshow. The Eighth Immortal series follows the fraught life of Kurapen, that one of seven immortals who walks the earth who must keep humanity safe from an ancient prophecy that says that there are never allowed to be eight immortals in the world. The art for the Eighth Immortal is by Alice Lee Barnes, and you're not seeing it on the screen right now, but there is a variant cover by Gracie Bifolco, who is the art print program manager at Sideshow. And now, this comic is not affiliated with Sideshow in any way, but we just really wanted to celebrate a Court of the Dead alum making his creator-owned comics debut, and there's some love from the art print program in there as well. Yes. If your store didn't order copies because this is a very small publisher, um, you should definitely check with them. If mm-hmm. this is something that you would be interested in, you can still order it, and all four issues have been solicited, so you can pre-order the whole series right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read, I got to read the first issue early, and then, of course, I read it again today when I picked it up. It is beautiful. It's, it makes use of selective spot coloring and, and stuff, which is really cool. But if you're a fan of Mercy by Mirka Andolfo or any of Mirka Andolfo's other work, Alice Lee Barnes's sort of anime type style really has uh, reminiscent themes to Mirka Andolfo's work. And I just think that there's a really fun uh, fantasy story going on here. And again, I say it's mature. It is rated mature. There is explicit content in the comic, but uh, highly recommend you check that out, uh, especially if you loved Court of the Dead, Shadows of the Underworld. And if you haven't read Sh- Shadows of the Underworld, you should also check that one out because that is a comic available from Sideshow. Yes. So enough Sideshow love here. I mean, it's always time for Sideshow love, but that's really cool. Congratulations to Jacob and Alice for the launch of the eighth Immortal. Uh, we're going to give you our rapid fire round. Mm-hmm. right now since we are changing up the format of today's show a little bit um so we're going to cover the uh books that we read this week um uh, paul i know we wanted to break it down by publisher do we want to still do that or do we want to just kind of roll into uh, the... let's just roll off our our own list here amy do you want to kick us off with what you picked up this week i know it was a bit of a smaller week for you yeah it was a little bit of a smaller week kind of marvel heavy um so of course i got the eighth immortal number one i also got we only find them when they're dead which I can never quite get all out at once, but that's from Boom Studios. Uh, And then from Marvel, I picked up X-Men number 17, Strange Academy number seven, Excalibur number 17, Daredevil 26, and Captain Marvel number 25. And I did want to call out very specially uh, this week, as well as the last couple of weeks, uh, Marvel's been putting out their Alien versus Heroes variants. And I picked up specifically the Russell Dodderman X-Men cover with uh, Jean and Scott fighting the Alien Queen. (laughs) But the, the... creme de la creme of the uh alien covers captain marvel by jamie mckelvey with carol danvers in a flight suit uh with goose or chewy or jonesy whichever of the many cats uh that you would yeah. consider that to be All the being, cats. being stalked through the halls of a spaceship by a xenomorph that is just that is just the one yeah that's uh, a great you, yeah just fantastic <laughs> Um, so over on my list, a slight, a bigger week than I originally thought it was going to be, but that's just how it goes. So, uh, I picked up, uh, as well, X-Men 17, Daredevil number 26, Wolverine number nine, which is incredible. Fantastic Four number 28, Captain Marvel 25, Strange Academy number seven, uh, Dark Detective, uh, sorry, moving over to DC, Dark Detective number two, Batman, Superman, uh, number one. Again, these, these are future state titles, Suicide Squad number one. Superman Imperious uh, Imperious Lex. Sorry, I, I wrote it down as Rex, but I know that that's, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Imperious Lex from Future State. And then over, um, I also picked up We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number five. And as if you couldn't guess, Department of Truth, number five, because that book is incredible and it's terrifying. And it's everything I love. So yeah, we did have some crossover as well um, on, on our pools as we normally do, only on the uh, Marvel side this time. 
Surprisingly yeah. so. This, I mean, this is the first week in a couple that I haven't had a future state book. I've been so greatly enjoying the future state titles, and I look forward to adding more DC to my poll list once uh, that event shakes out. But uh, great week all around. We've got some. Yeah. I mean, we've got some new series launching. Uh, we only find them when we're. <laughs> we only go. find them when they're dead. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the arc. End of the first arc. Big explosive ending there. Uh, just beautiful stuff. And then, of course, with Daredevil in the Marvel side, we've got the kickoff of. Uh, Electra's new tenure as Daredevil, and we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good was, stuff. Yeah, it was great. Um, but so that's what we picked up. But now we are going to bring on a, uh, a friend that you might all know, a uh, one Mr. Gemman who has picked up those books and then some. So if you will all please uh, welcome Mr. Gemman. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on, Paul? How how you doing, Amy? doing great thanks for joining us man well, i had a pretty big haul this week <laughs> so, oh I'm, say, I'm glad you picked up a couple books where you know i was like hey man we're doing a show pick up you know i'm glad you had one or two books you got more books than the hall on the comics hall oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> and, and interestingly enough i didn't have that much marvel i think i only had like four marvel books right with, uh future state they're cranking out a lot of titles a couple of image and boom stuff but it was a pretty mm -hmm. good week for comics yeah. Do you want to do you want to give us some insight on some of the, your favorite books that you picked up this week? Daredevil 26, oh. Chip Zdarsky. I, this was my pick of the week. So um, some of you guys watching may know I do a weekly comic book haul Wednesday mornings and I give a pick of the week. And this was it by far. Just the most fun. Uh, I had so much going on with Daredevil in jail, with Elektra masquerading as Daredevil, with King in Black and Null happening simultaneously. So mm -hmm. it was just a fun issue. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a great book. And I think uh, that book's been featured a couple of times on this show, specifically because of how it feels like how much has changed and how much has happened since the first issue. It, it just feels like it's an entirely different book, but you're still within the same world. So I'm glad to see you also have great taste. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend Zadarsky's run on Daredevil. Uh, and then, man, I'm really digging Dark Detective over here. I always I have trouble saying that. Dark Detective, uh, oh, yeah. Future State, man. This is issue two. This is what's going on with Bruce Wayne in this Future State world that's being ran by the magistrate, uh, the peacekeeper, kind of like the the task force assassins or enforcers for the magistrate, uh, and a great backup story from Red Hood too. So if you're a Jason Todd fan, oh yeah, yeah, that that's one of those uh, double hitter books that you guys are paying a little bit more for, but you're getting. Uh, multiple stories included in that that's something i think that's fantastic that uh future state's been able to do that with so many uh characters and stories kind of packaging them packaging them together mm -hmm. and then it's almost like somebody might have come in for for batman and then get a little surprised with maybe they're they're not as familiar with red hood uh i know that for last i think it was last week or two weeks ago wonder woman immortal we had the same thing with diana prince leading the book and then we had a nubia backup story uh, as well so you're kind of you're getting a lot for your money yeah yeah totally. some some double headers some triple headers there's been some where i didn't like the main story but the backup saved it and vice versa so there's definitely a little something there for everyone uh and you know we got to give some love to uh oh. this is boom right yeah boom studio something's killing the children I think everyone who's reading this has been loving this book, James Tiny in the fourth. And uh, I really liked how this one ended. Now, I feel like the plot is just progressing here and we're learning how Erica Slaughter is going to combat these monsters that have seemingly overrun this small town. So dark, gritty artwork. Uh, it's like your children's nightmare come to life, but it's a fun book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Something is Killing the Children is a Comics Hall favorite as well. I know we got a lot of fans in the audience who love it. I'm personally trade-waiting, but it is getting harder to trade-wait uh, <laughs> just because that is such a killer series. And I do know the first two volumes are out right now. Love Erica Slaughter. Love that mask that she's got going on. Uh, just <laughs> just a fantastic character. And, and I think she reminds me of uh, Elsa Bloodstone from Marvel Comics, who I think is one of Marvel's most underutilized uh, characters mm -hmm. with the potential for everybody loves a good monster slayer. Uh, so if you right. are if you're one of those fans, definitely something is killing the children. That's it's, it's such it's so good. And, and James Tynan is just everywhere these days. Midas touch. <laughs> really does right what's he because do? he's doing he was doing Batman. He's on a little bit of, of a break right now, but he's also doing mm -hmm. Department yeah. of Truth as well. Right. Department of Truth. He just wrapped mm -hmm. up Wind, which Wind, was his, right? like his. It was a five-ish. It was originally supposed to be a graphic novel, and then he chopped it up, and it worked as a single issue. That's right. Um, and then he has his horror 
digital magazine called Razor Blades, which you should all check out. I it's it's like a dollar ninety nine for like the whole issue. Really, uh, you can get it in physical print, but it's getting increasingly harder and harder to find that book in physical print. But it's called Razor Blades. If you're a horror fan and you're a comic book fan, and of course, if you're a, a JT four fan. Um, as just myself and no one else likes to call him. Um, <laughs> if you're, uh, I've never heard that, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've got one. Uh, because it's always like, is it Tinyan or Tinian? He's got his his little imprint is Tiny Onion, so I think it's Tinyan, but JT4, it, but I'll try that. I think it's pronounced James Tiny Onion, the fourth. <laughs> it, might, it might be that, yeah. We're going to um, have to so, get a, a second opinion on that one. <laughs> so, who, so the question is, who's the hardest working writer in comics? Is it James Tinian? Is it Donny Cates? Is it Scott Snyder? Kelly Thompson. Oh, oh yeah. Kelly, yeah. Like, yeah, there's people rotating in and out, and you just wonder, like, how, how do they have all the time and the ideas and mm-hmm. the ability to keep all of these character voices distinct i mean yeah seriously we were we were just talking about donny Cates seems to have something every single week uh but but uh tiny and tynan is is one of those people who just keeps coming up as well and and chip zadarsky's getting up there i know he's i mean he's got daredevil and he's going to be working on this silver coin anthology that we mentioned in the news segment um and then i know that they're reprinting soon his afterlift uh just crazy stuff going on with all these all these incredible writers and i know we don't get to see the artists repeat as often in a month because they are so focused on these 22 page books and and stuff but it's just it's great when people have consistent and and plentiful comic book output and you know not to forget stillwater that he's also writing right now Stillwater. it's it's great and and so i think you know that you asked a great question jim because it one of the things it's tricky with you have someone like JT four who's got all of these, (laughs) all of these stories. And like Amy said, all of these character voices to manage, but also all of these publishers that you've got to gauge, like the tone, the temperature of like what they're doing. Is it consistent? Like that's, that's really, that's gotta be so difficult. So, I mean, I'd I'd say right now in this, uh, the age of comic books right now in the pandemic, like they're all the hardest working because they're just grinding right now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, having to jump probably from publisher to publisher, like the Marvel voice is much different than the image voice. So I don't know. That's a question for everyone out there watching. Like, I mean, who do you all think is the hardest working writer, writer specifically right now in comics? We would, we would love to know. Yeah. (laughs) That's tricky. I mean, uh, So, so Jim, you picked up quite a bit. Is there anything that we, cause I mean, you had heard backstage all of the, um, all of the books that we picked up. Is there anything that we didn't mention that you think that everyone out there should be picking up or reading or stuff that you're reading? Yeah. You know, I think strange adventures uh, by Tom King is really picking up. I think it's issue eight out of 12 right now. And Tom King, he, he kind of, you'll be confused at first. It's almost like Jonathan Hickman, but once we get towards the end is when everything starts kind of unraveling. And that's where we're at now. And I'm really digging Strange Adventures, which is on DC Black Label. I'm really, really digging this Batman, The Adventures Continues, which is like basically the Batman animated series in comic book form. Oh, right. New stories. Great stuff in these books. Yeah. But yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. That, uh, all the, that Tom King stuff, it's even like with his, the vision, you know, like it, it reads well individually, but when you've got to wait, for some stuff. And I, I think strange adventures also sort of, for me suffered from being hit with the pandemic and you know, you had to wait an extra three months for an issue and Tom King reads so much better, like back to back. True. It might be a good trade weight or a little oversized hardcover. (laughs) I think though that DC more than any other publisher. um, And I think because it is mostly a big two format, DC has found such success with those maxi series where they say you are getting 12 issues. We have given the writer 12 issues to explore this story uh, with the artist. Um, Same for me with Far Sector. I just checked my list for next week's books and Far Sector number 10 is coming up and I'm like, oh my God, that's only, that's 10 out of 12. We're almost done (laughs) with, uh, with, with Joe Mullane and I love that book so much, but, but DC has found exceptional success. I loved Greg Rucka's Lois Lane series. And then knowing that you're getting those 12 issues really gives them it's, it's almost two arcs. It's a little more than two typical comic book arcs would be. Um, but it really gives them room to kind of grow and breathe with the story. And I, I love that format. I think, I think more publishers should do the maxi series format. Totally. 
Yeah, I think especially last year, they really showed that they were successful with miniseries, maxi-series. DC Black Label was doing a lot of that stuff. I love Joker Smile, and all the Jeff Lemire stuff last year was great. So, yeah, they really uh, they found their niche with that. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. totally. I mean, and they are uh, they are definitely, uh, I think, perfecting that. I mean, I'm, it, it always leads to the uh <laughs> the question like who do you want to see next in that format i mean there are so many right. characters that lead themselves to maybe they're not you know the supermans the batmans but they do deserve these like smaller minuscule stories and you know adam strange having a story like i would have never thought like i mean you know right. I, I i don't know my marvel like you two but like for at seeing adam strange getting his own book i was like it just no absolutely no way but all it takes is Having, I think, also having that deadline of knowing this will end uh, is is nice because you can sort of uh, see it and, and really predict that it will wrap up. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's a great pick, man. I I always forget about how good that book is, but it's because it's in the middle, so we never really want to tell people like start picking this up right now. Because yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's right <laughs> in the middle of like a crazy arc. At this point, you might as well wait for the collected edition. But, you know, that's funny about the character selection because Tom King, that seems to be his thing because he did it with Vision or uh, Mr. Miracle, right? So it's like mm -hmm. all of these, like, secondary characters, maybe tertiary and bringing them mm -hmm. to the forefront. Yeah, the the Vision specifically, that was coming out when I worked in a comic book store. And that is one of the greatest regrets of my life, not picking that up as it was coming out because I doubted I doubted the formula and I just didn't oh, know man. I was like seriously the vision right now like what's what <laughs> could that possibly be about and it ended up being one of my favorite comic books of the last decade yeah. I wrote a paper in college about it like it's just one of those books that was just like wow that's it it redefined I think what you can do with the art form yeah that was a great run I love the wife was it Viv it was a, yeah it was it was great. Or, uh, Viv is the daughter. V Virginia is the wife, which is funny because they That's also it. moved to Fairfax, Virginia. So I kept getting that mixed up. And then yeah, uh, yeah. Vin, the son, it was just and then Sparky, the dog, like <laughs> Sparky. The dog. And it's like <laughs> WandaVision is not based off of it, but it feels very similar with that kind of like sitcom mm -hmm. white picket fence household kind of thing. I don't know. It yeah. feels like Tom King's vision. Oh, yeah. The, the happy domestic until something goes weird. And then yeah. everybody wants to go back to normal. And and I think uh, <laughs> the Vision series even got like a tiny little uh, reference in the um, the animated intro for WandaVision issue or episode oh. two, because when they're going through the floorboards, you can see like the dog's bones and then you can or, like right. the, you know, like a dog bone would eat, not the dog's bone. <laughs> um, and then the Grim Reaper's uh, cowl that right. uh, ends up in the backyard somehow. Uh, in that series just so just so good so clever that's that's my number one recommendation for people who are like what the heck's going on in wandavision i'm like i don't know but you should check out this series <laughs> and uh and uh jim and amy if you don't mind it looks like we do have a question from someone over on youtube that i think i'm gonna let as uh, you two are definitely a, a bigger marvel um fans than i am so i'm gonna let you guys go ahead and tackle this but jazz do you want to go ahead and, and let us know what that question is yeah so auto talks marvel comics from youtube wants to know what are are your thoughts on the just announced Heroes Reborn series from Marvel? Awesome. Great question. Thank you, Otto. Cool, cool. Yeah, you know what's funny? Like, I, I learned I learned a lot from watching the intro of this video. I was like, okay, that's what the Heroes Reborn, <laughs> that's what the Doctor Doom juggernaut thing is all about, right? Uh, he, I mean, I know the Heroes Reborn from the 90s, and it was kind of like a reboot of the Marvel Universe. I, I don't think that's what this is going to be, at least I hope not, because I kind of like where Marvel is right now. But um, yeah, I'm down. I'm always down to give something a shot. And it's a good jumping on point, right? If you're wanting to get back into comics, where do I start? These kind of things are good places to jump on. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree. I think it's I and I, I hope as well, it's not going to be like a Secret Wars style wipe the entire publishing line. Uh, and it's only right. for now. But but I've been following Jason Aaron's Avengers. And I love I love Jason Aaron as a writer. It's no secret for anyone who watches this show and every episode, every issue. See, I'm getting the words issue and episode mixed up now all of a sudden uh every issue of his avengers feels like the next blockbuster movie i loved his vampire arc and so i love the fact that blade is kind of the crux character of this weird story and and you can tell throughout the entirety of uh aaron's avengers run so far he's been itching to use the squadron supreme so much and it still <laughs> makes me laugh every time people go why is wonder woman in a in a marvel book and it's like okay that's power princess but obviously it is it is a huge pastiche of those of the justice league characters so it'll be very cool to see um and the fact that i think this is really going to be phil colson's kind of first 
I, I he he's been in the Marvel comics for a little while now, but I think this is going to be the first time that he's like really kind of forefront. And he's not a good dude. He's he's pretty evil in the comics right now. So I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as long as it's not like an overbearing rewrite everything going on. But I think this will be more one of those. Um, it's it's feeling half what if and half amalgam comics, you know, because we've got right, yeah, right. Doctor Juggernaut. Like what the heck? I have to see what's going on with that. And I like the um, I think she's called Silver Witch. And so people thought she was um, Jean Grey and Wanda, but I think it's Quicksilver and Wanda put into one character. So um, oh, that'll, yeah. be pretty, that'll be pretty cool to see. I'm a sucker for those kinds of mashups and, and alternate universe stories. So I, I trust that they're going to deliver a good one with that. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Coulson because I'm not reading Jason Aaron's Avengers, but I love Jason Aaron's stuff. But uh, I'm reading Taskmaster, which has been surprisingly awesome. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Coulson is in there. And Coulson is like the Squadron Supreme's like manager or something like that. Or like yeah. he's like their Nick Fury or something. And uh, I love that Taskmaster. I love seeing Phil Coulson in the comics. He fits so well in that world. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a little more excited for Heroes Reborn. <laughs> yeah, he, he did definitely have a uh, a falling out with the Avengers in the Avengers series and was like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to do PR for, for the Squadron Supreme, who definitely <laughs> need a little bit of uh, TLC in terms of their public image. But yeah, that's and, and he's got some dealings with Mephisto as well. And so that triptych image we pulled oh, up uh, on the, the news segment, you can see hidden in one of the corners, uh, Mephisto is lurking because he's been... <laughs> He's been uh, yeah. messing with the Marvel Universe for a pulling while. Pulling some strings as of late. Man, it seems like they're liking Mephisto. I'm seeing a lot of Mephisto stuff happening everywhere lately. So, Just saying. Interesting. Y'all might yeah. see him on a screen or very soon. But, uh, well, it, it looks like we're going to bring Jazz back on because uh, now we're starting to get the questions rolling and the, uh, the uh, shyness has weared off. So, uh, Jazz, what's our, our next question there? Yeah, Tenchi Misaki from the Light Your Geek Sideshow Facebook group wants to know, okay, I have a question. Who is the one writer who isn't currently working on a title that you really want to see putting out a new series, be it their own IP or something from a bigger property? Hmm. Ooh. See, I uh, I was so ready. Like, I had been reading that question, and I was like, oh, I know exactly what writer, but I didn't read the one part that said that is currently not working on a title. Right. I'm thinking that too because, like, I love Jeff Lemire, and I think he is only working on one title right now, which I think is Family Tree. But then you got to think, okay, is Garth Ennis mm. working on anything? I don't think he's working on anything mm -hmm. right now, or he might be working on Dear Becky from Dynamite. So I think oh some goodness. of these powerhouse names are kind of have a little thing they're working on, but nothing like that's really big right now, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so who else? Oh, so I think I know my answer, and Amy probably knows who this is, and it's it's probably. I'd say I'd like to see Jeff Johns do something right oh, now. Oh, yeah. And he did I Killing Joke. amazing. Yeah, it, it was so good. I mean, not and Killing Joke, Three Jokers. Uh, three Jokers, yeah, which was yeah. the last thing that he'd done. But I want to see him over on, like, Image. I want to see him do something where he can take that big world building and sort of, oh. uh, you know, put it to that tone that he's he, – he does have a darker tone when he writes stuff. If you've read any of his Green Lantern run, he has no problem killing characters off. You know, he Black brings them night. back and whatnot. Of course, yeah. Blackest Night. He loves, like, that dark tone. So I'd like to see Jeff John sort of get his own IP uh, worked on over on Image. I think that would be really cool and sort of maybe reinvigorate his brand as well uh, would be <laughs> – I think I think that that's my, that's my go-to answer. That's the hill I'm dying on. <laughs> well, Paul, I think you're you're in luck because I think he is working on a project with Image. It's something that was supposed to come out on DC, but now he's bringing it over to Image. I can't for the life of me remember the title. The comments oh. will probably let us know. Yeah, someone will let, I thought it, I thought that was something he was doing with with Jason Fabic, maybe. Yeah, but right. but it's going to be on Image. Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> yep, John. So then you got you got Grant Morrison. I think is he doing Far Sector, Amy? Uh, Far Sector is N.K. Jemison. Uh, okay, so he was doing the Green Lantern run, right? Yeah, yeah, the season, you know, like the season. So I think he's on season two right now, and he's just—he might just be doing that. I'm not really sure. <laughs> See, my answer to this question feels weird because, first of all, I—I I can't remember if he's working on something right now. But if he—I know that he. So my pick is Brian K. Vaughn. But I know that mm. he's on hiatus from Saga, and so I feel bad answering. I want to see him do more because I know they're taking a hiatus to kind of take a break. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say, yeah. like, you need to be working more. But uh, <laughs> I'd love to see some more stuff from him because in the interim with Saga, um, 
I, I, I'm really missing Paper Girls too, and I know that had a fantastic conclusion. And so mm. I was just like, okay, I need my next Brian K. Vaughn fix, please. I think it's safe to say he needs to start working on Saga. But you know what's funny? I think I saw a tweet recently <laughs> that um, saying Saga will return soon or something like that. So you know, we got the first half of Saga. We're getting the second part, and I'm excited for that one for sure. Yeah, because I mean, they deserve all the break they can get. But the Saga yeah. machine really—I mean, it really redefined the standard for. Uh, how many books release before you put out a trade and just being on yeah. like clockwork. And so I know that they need probably some time to build back up to that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, sure. I'm also really missing Fiona Staples. So it's like, come on, get the, get the dream team back together. <laughs> I mean, they even had Funko pops. It's like, man, Saga was big. Yeah, yeah. I've got the flocked goose and I've got one of the many lying cats. I think they yeah, put yeah, out yeah. Like three or four different little lying <laughs> yeah. cats, but yeah. Yeah. They made I it. When you, when you get a Funko pop, you know, you've made it. <laughs> You're big time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> waiting on that comics hall gem mint funko pop if they would just email us back <laughs> um all right now it looks like we have an, another one before we move on a little bit uh jazz we have one more question right yeah scott sabnuski from youtube wants to know what character would you like to see get a new run for him it's moon knight oh yeah i, I have a feeling moon knight that new run for moon knight's probably coming sooner rather than later Knowing Marvel, what they did with uh, what Shang Chi, Eternals, the new Black Widow series—that's all probably coming very soon. Um, yeah. Oh man, Chris put me on the on the spot here. I was just <laughs> I was just <laughs> reacting, but um, you know, you know, just the other day I saw somebody say Donny Cates for Moon Knight, and I think that would be great because Donny Cates loves to do like this big, exciting stuff, and I think he would do a great job on Moon Knight. And that that character does need a, a nice ongoing. Black Panther needs a nice ongoing. I mean, it's it's crazy how he doesn't have. Like right. this long ongoing series, such a popular character. Uh, so we yeah we need a Black Panther run for sure. Oh yes, yeah. Donnie's really good with adding new lore to the characters in a way that like refreshes them. I mean, I'm having a really fun time with the Don with Blake stuff in the Thor right now. Uh, and at first, it. like I gotta I gotta be honest, when they solicited it, I was like. That's not how Donald Blake works, but I'm like, do I care how Donald Blake works? I mean, a Thor got to be uh, a frog got to be Thor at one point. Like, I don't care if it's a good story. Just tell it to me. And I'm loving what he's doing with Donald Blake. Um, but for me, I think and I and again, kind of in the same vein as Moon Knight, She-Hulk needs another ongoing series. I know we've got her tied up in some of the Hulk books right now. And she's been mm. uh, she's had a one shot and she was in Empire. But She-Hulk needs an ongoing series. Um, but. In terms of a character who I don't think has ever had a series, because I know the question was new run. Again, I'm going to say it till the day I die. Elsa Bloodstone <laughs> needs a series. She just, I know she's in Deadpool right now, but Elsa Bloodstone needs her own book. And that's, I'm not going to get into it, but she needs her own book. <laughs> hey, somebody's got a champion for these characters, so get it, get it trending, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, okay. So I think I had a couple answers. Like on, on Marvel, I need a Doctor Strange book. It's just, it's just, it, it went away during the middle of the pandemic with issue seven. I had, I had it yeah. on pre-order and then it ended with six, which is fine. But Doctor Strange is my favorite Marvel character. So we definitely need to bring that back. But for DC, uh, I think I'd probably either want like a maxi series, Strange Adventures, Vision-esque um, of Booster Gold. I think oh. there's a lot of, uh, because it's time traveling, I think there's a lot of room there to make that book not what people probably think it will be, or I'd love a uh, wildcat book, you know, from over on DC where it's basically just him running a superhero gym where he teaches everyone to box. <laughs> Those really are some awesome. interesting picks. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, like I, I, don't, I don't know why I like those characters specifically, but um, yeah, hey, you I, like, I, what I you like, you like what you like. But, <laughs> Um, thank you, everyone. Um, again, we'll try to get to as many of these questions as we can. Uh, we're really just halfway through the show. So if you guys have any questions or anything, honestly, let us know. Um, but we did bring Jem here because he is going to shed some light on a topic that a lot of us – not a lot of us. I mean, really, let's, I don't want to speak for the whole room, but I personally don't know all that much <laughs> about and that we don't cover that much on the Comics Hall and that is omnibus editions and collecting omnibus editions. So, um, Jam, if you could really kick us off in one, yeah, what is an omnibus? Sure. I'd love to. This is like one of my favorite formats. When I found out, or when I found this format to begin with, I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." So, just to give you guys an example, these are two omnis or omnibus that uh, were released today. 
Now, this is The Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, and it's the third printing, which means it went to print, it sold out, started selling for crazy prices on the aftermarket, so they went and did a second print. Same thing happened, so the third print comes out today. This collects Amazing Spider-Man 39 through 67, Annuals 3 and 5, and the Spectacular Spider-Man 1 and 2, which were those magazine-style Spectacular Spider-Man formats uh, or comics. Uh, They're oversized, so if you want to compare it to a regular comic book you get oversized <laughs> artwork oh cool and i just love the fact that you can collect amazing spider-man well amazing amazing fantasy 15 and then amazing spider-man 1 through 100 in these hardcover volumes that look great on your shelf they reprint this material it's not a dirty book from the 60s where it's like everything's <laughs> faded and the pages are cream or whatever so um i just really like that format this one is the reprint it's only the second printing for Captain America by Ed Brubaker, which is oh. basically the script for Captain America Winter Soldier. This is another book that it went out of print. And when it goes out of print, you can only buy them on the aftermarket, eBay or whatever. And it would sell for way over cover price, which, by the way, on these books can be like 100 bucks to like $150. So this one comes out today. Don't miss it at your local shop or if you purchase, wherever you purchase. Uh, it's a great run, even if you've already seen Winter Soldier, which I'm sure everybody has. Uh, the you know with with things that are adapted into film the books are always better so this is how you could pick up his whole run <laughs> in one hardcover book. Nice, yeah. yeah Brew Baker's Cap is one of those gold standard books. Yes, for, uh, for, sure. for the character. So looking at it from here, you've got a couple of uh, omnibus <laughs> editions behind you. So That's where did uh, so you obviously collect week to week as well? But where did the uh collection grow from like from omnibuses did you go was it out of like necessity like you just needed to read something so you picked that up or is it or is it something different no it was a good that's a good question so at the time i was collecting key issues like graded comic books like cgc cbcs and i was into spider-man he's always been one of my favorite characters so i'm, I'm collecting older issues i'm trying to get keys and then one day i walked into my local comic shop and i saw volume one of amazing spider-man and it just caught mm-hmm. my eye and it has uh, volume one is issues one through 38. And then I think the first annual or whatever. So I just couldn't believe that all these key issues that I was, you know, str- struggling to try to collect. It's an expensive <laughs> hobby. Uh, there are all of these issues you could read right here in this hardcover. So I don't know. I picked it up. Then I picked up the Infinity Gauntlet. And what's cool about Omnibus is that you're either going to get uh, a, like a storyline like Infinity Gauntlet. And it's going to come with the main story, the prequel issues like Thanos Quest, all the prequel like Silver Surfer issues. It has all the tie-ins, all like the post-event issues. And it just has everything in an event. Like uh, Empire is coming out with uh, an omnibus that has every tie-in, the main story, even stuff that wasn't even published, like the Thor mm-hmm. tie-ins. I know Paul's looking forward to that one. <laughs> uh, or, or they'll do like an entire run from a creative team. So basically like Stanley. Well, Stanley and Jack Kirby, Stanley and Steve Ditko, Stanley and John Romita on Spider-Man. So you can either get the consecutive run or you can collect, you know, by the events. So I don't know. It just it drew me in as a way to collect the entire run in just one or two hardcover books. Right. Because like like a key issue or uh, buying monthly, that is an investment. And it's it's I mean, they look absolutely beautiful on your uh, shelf and your display, but that is they are an investment. They are collectible, as with books that, like, to bring up our famous example of Daredevil 25, go into <laughs> multiple printings due to demand. It's it's yep. a it's a incredibly accessible uh, way to, and, and like you pointed out, they're not cream-colored pages. It looks like the art has even been revitalized in the oversized format, and so it is a way to collect, have all these issues that are hard to track down or out of print, well out of print. Uh, and it's something that you can read, but it is something that you can display and and just hold on to as a collectible in and of itself. And I do like that they have the uh, multiple printing covers. I know that there was a, a Thor omnibus uh, that I almost caved on just because Russell Goderman did the cover. Uh, <laughs> I did not, did not pick that one up. Uh, I might be kicking myself over that later, but just these collected editions. And, and if anyone remembers when we did cover an omnibus, we covered the War of the Realms omnibus. I did the math for you guys because I bought every single issue individually. The omnibus was less than, or was more than, or it was less than half the price. Math is hard, but it was it was half as cheap, if not even more so, 
than someone who bought every single issue individually. It was charged sales tax on that and, and has the whole collection. And it's just this beautiful uh, collected edition. So that's, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. It's something single I wish issues, we more on our single show. issues are getting expensive, right? You're talking three ninety nine, four ninety nine, and things like that. Standard. So, yeah. right? But um, yeah, th- th- that's a great point because on this channel, most of the viewers are going to be statue collectors, figure collect, figure collectors, some kind of collector that displays things in you know detolfs and what have you. So it's a great point about the omnibus. You're able to display them. I had, and I still do, but tons and tons of white short boxes that were just you know bland to look at so to be able to like have this library look of colorful spines was just another con on the pro to another pro on the pro to con table yeah absolutely and and yeah just having a library and also being able to easily reference and go okay i know which numbers are in which volume instead of filing through the uh the short boxes i've currently got uh more than i can handle in terms of long boxes i've got a couple long boxes stacked on each other and then when they get too heavy to do that i just oh it's so embarrassing so it's just like it's a really cool uh way to have that displayed and and it's it is like a have your cake and eat it too uh kind of of owning the book it is a displayable, collectible version, but it's also entirely readable because that's that's what it's there for as well. Right. Just don't read it with the dust jacket on. You got to take that dust jacket off. And <laughs> it is pretty. Sometimes people ask me, how do you read those? They're so big. They're so heavy. But I mean, look, you can pick one hand and just flip through it. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's funny. Like when I started getting into the omnibus, I got out of single issues because I started like putting my focus towards this collection. But um, I started to feel like I was left behind on what was current in comics. So that's why I ended up picking up comics again. It's like now I'm collecting both and, and the, the short boxes are getting out of hand. <laughs> you got the best of both worlds going on. It's true, there you though. go. Yeah. It's first world problems for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so with um, – so, Jim, so like I mean obviously you're no stranger to the investment of – collectibles and like you know the monetary and the the space you know the monetary investment in the space that they take up so mm-hmm. with reading comics like for me you would mention that i'm excited for empire like for me i know i'm getting that because i read all of the books i i'm uh when they came out you know this summer uh, i want to read some of that uh thor stuff that we didn't get to see so that's how i know it's time for me i'm like okay i want to pick up this omnibus but you have uh you know, quite a catalog there. When do you know, you're like, okay, this is the book I want. Like, what do you look for in an omnibus to make sure like, okay, this is going to hit your shelf. So I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm the type (laughs) of collector that goes overboard and I have to have everything. So I I put together this collection over some years and and it started with just getting the ones that you love. And then it started with getting the ones that kind of go with those. And then it's just started becoming, you know what? You might as well just get all of them at this point. So (laughs) at this point for me, when I look at like my new, you know, the what's coming out for you know weekly comics, I also look at the hardcovers just to see what new omnis are coming out. So uh, I'm just I'm a bad example because I just tend to pick up everything because not only is it nice to have the history on the shelf, like I might not ever get to my Golden Age Superman omnibus to read, but I don't know, just there there is monetary value in them, especially if you know how to shop for these, you can get them for well below cover price online when they release. And then they typically sell out and become more valuable than, you know, more than cover price. So I look at it like a win-win mm-hmm. and, uh, and I have the channel so I could showcase them and do content. So for me, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's great because you have, um, you know, with, the substantial audience you have in, in not only statues, but in comics, um, there's going to be someone out there that maybe that's the first time they've ever watched, uh, you know, your channel or maybe any content realistically uh any content that has to do with comics and maybe that omnibus is what kicks open the door for them to start getting back into the hobby or in the comics um so i could totally see where uh picking up omnibuses we'll say it's not just for the uh aesthetic and the history like it could especially on your channel and maybe one day on this channel it could uh inspire people to get them like amy i mean we had someone who bought the war of the realms omnibus yeah after they saw how much of a fool I was and they said, I don't want to be like that girl. No, that was, that was fantastic. And that's, and that, that's one of my favorite uh, stories from the recent years. Um, and I'm, I'm enjoying King and Black because it's got some of those 
uh, heavy metal vibes that War of the Realms did too. Yeah. I really like that cosmic fantasy stuff. But yeah, it's. I mean, Omnibus, I look forward to, Paul, your first foray when you do pick up Empire. And I will be asking if I can borrow it to read the Thor <laughs> content uh, that we didn't get. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just another way to collect and read comics. And if it draws you into the hobby, again, we always say that there's no wrong way to come into this hobby unless you are downloading books illegally that is the wrong way to do that uh, <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> if you're supporting a, a store you're supporting the creators you're checking out these books it doesn't matter if you've got the floppy copies or you're trade waiting or you're picking up the That's omnis true. uh just whatever do whatever serves you best and and what you love mm-hmm. that's that's the right way to read comics right Exactly. Read what you love. Um, Good so, I and mean, the rest will follow. <laughs> and the rest will follow, yes. And, <laughs> and then one day, you too might get to do a show with Jeb Mint. So, <laughs> um, so Jeb, I, I, I'm also always curious, too, like aside from, from Omnis as well, have you been – because uh, I'm, I'm a bad example of, of this question. I can't speak for Amy. But um, have you been a consistent comic book reader like you've been reading for the last 20 years? Or have you been popping in and out of books like you said you did with Omnibuses where you then you felt like you were behind? So, I mean, have you just been yep. reading books for forever? No, no, I took a big break. I was really into comics as a kid. Really, the trading cards uh, got me into the comic hobby altogether, oh, like nice. the Marvel, <laughs> the Marvel masterpieces, the Marvel universe, and I loved the cards so much that I wanted to read more about the characters. So I started going to the comic shop, started buying Spawn, started buying uh, trade paperbacks like Maximum Carnage, uh, Death of Superman, and, and books like that. And then I think I, I got out of it uh, when I went to like high school. During the teenager years, I kind of got out, out of it. Interest went to other things. And then when I uh, became an adult and I got a, a job and a career and I found out what eBay was, I went and I bought those trading cards I had as a kid. And then I started buying the the, the first appearances because now I have like adult money, right? So now I can actually <laughs> buy the first appearance that's on the back of this trading card. And, and then that's how I got into collecting that and uh getting them graded. And then that's when I said, you know what, let me go back to the comic shop and start picking up the weekly books again. So I got back into reading comics around uh, the Dan Slott Spider-Man era, the Rick Remender, Agent Venom era. uh, era. And what else was around that time? Uh, Spawn was doing all those uh, homage covers. I think, yeah, Todd McFarlane was like back on doing covers. So that's when I got back into it. And I've I've been going strong since then. Nice. (laughs) And that, yeah, it just goes to show, I mean, like I started reading books in 2012 and I'm very mm-hmm. open about the fact that I actually picked up, I mean, I was reading Bart Simpson comics. That doesn't really count, I, I feel, as like in terms of a lengthy comic library, but I picked up my first books for Sirius uh, after the Avengers film came out and I was so into it and they, they hit with Matt Fraction's Hawkeye right around that time. And so it was like, that was the perfect way to get in. And I haven't stopped since, but that's a thing. That's the thing. And we've, we've, asked it in our holler at the hall questions before but people come and go from comics but uh if if it's something that brings you joy hopefully there's always a way back into it so that's and that's i love the trading cards <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh man that's awesome um now um before we we let jim go back on with his day and let him get back to reading um, first and foremost, uh, sir, we really wanted to thank you for partnering with us on the, the giveaway that we have going right now on, on our channels and on your channel. Um, you could, we have the, if Chris, if we could bring up that, um, the asset really fast so everyone can see it real fast. It's for the one tenth scale Wolverine by iron studios. Um, oh man, look at that. That thing is, that thing is awesome. great. I know Jim, you were saying you've got a lot of that in that diorama on the diorama yeah. in, uh, on pre-order already. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have the Sentinel dioramas on pre-order. I cannot wait. That's my most anticipated statue for this year. And uh, Iron Studios, they do a great job with these one ten scale pieces, man. So much detail packed into these little pe- these little statues. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they're covering so many comic book characters that, uh, especially in this battle diorama scale, that that don't get as much of a focus. I mean, Wolverine gets yep. a focus, but all yeah. the X Men that are included in. Uh, this general collection. So you guys see Wolverine and he is leaping off of the piece of a Sentinel that has destroyed the floor of the X mansion. Uh, This is a standalone piece, but it is uh, based on the artwork for the larger Sentinel diorama. So we are giving Mm -hmm. that away. And Paul, do you want to kind of explain where people can go uh, to enter that giveaway? Yeah, please, uh, everyone, right now, this giveaway is going to be live from right this second. Uh, It's been live pretty much all day. I'm sure a lot of you, if you've seen uh, 
Gem Mint's video earlier on his weekly haul. If not, you should do that. Just look up Gem Mint Collectibles on uh, YouTube, and that video is the, the first video there. It's awesome. Um, but also that this uh, I'm sorry, this giveaway ends this Sunday, which is the 31st, and it ends at 11:59. Uh, so 11.59 Pacific, uh, or as we like to say, Sideshow Standard Time. So um, that is uh, 11.59. That ends this Sunday. Um, we'll reveal the winner on our our channels. We'll make sure that Jem knows who the winner is. He can answer it on his channels. It'll be everywhere. So you'll know if you won, we promise. Um, so you can head over to side.show forward slash comics hall, Gem Mint. That's side.show forward slash comics hall, Gem mint for that giveaway and again jim thank you so much for partnering with us um on that man i know it's a it's a great piece and as we always say it's a bummer but we none of us can win it so <laughs> <laughs> i already i already went on the site and entered in my wife's name I, no no but no thank you so much for uh, letting me be a part of it it's so cool to have my name in the sideshow address i was like wait a minute <laughs> cool, um and now sir before we let you uh, get on with the rest of your day and get back to i'm sure you've got a lot of books to read i can see them behind you so um <laughs> before you get back we do have one last question specifically for you uh this is from m stainbrook on youtube he wants to know how many omnibuses do you actually have? Oh, man. So I actually did a video on this where we actually I had my daughter do it. I was like, hey, why don't you count all these books for me? So I have the total number. And then I did. I went through them and, and I actually went through and how many I have read. And I had my read percentage, which is embarrassingly low. So uh, I don't I don't have the number off the top of my head. I, I want to say it was somewhere around like 600 hardcovers nice wow that was yeah. not the number i was expecting oh my goodness <laughs> it does count it does count like deluxe editions like paper girls like you mentioned and some absolute editions but the majority of them are, are the omnibus right awesome yeah. awesome <laughs> oh, i'm sorry 600 that kind of just blew my mind that, me too <laughs> yeah it kind of left me a little speechless it doesn't happen on this show very often but that left me speechless <laughs> wow. we um, did have to move uh, across state one time too and that wasn't fun oh wow <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of reeling over 600. That's Let a it lot. sink in. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Hey. Well, Jim. Seriously, man. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. We really, really appreciate it. And before we get to our yeah. normal outros, we wanted to just again thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll we'll let you know so you can uh, let you know who all of these uh, these giveaway. Well, I would say giveaway winners, but it's just the one winner. But uh, and again, unfortunately, none of them are, is us. So, uh, Jim, <laughs> thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your really really busy schedule to come on the comics yeah. all with us. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Stay on the line. We're gonna. Uh, switch the the camera screen, but stay on the audio, and we will catch you afterwards to, again, just kind of debrief. That was so cool. I mean, just yes. I mean, we like to think of ourselves as collectors here, yeah. but then there are those <laughs> who are collectors. Yes, that... uh, uh, our collector sensei, also known as Jim Mint. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's so cool. I mean, to have him on, and and I, I think the reason that me and Amy really wanted to bring Jim on specifically is because a lot of you you are probably already well aware of him and his awesome channels. Um, again, pretty much gem mint collectibles everywhere. You can find them. Um, but also we were really interested, of course, on his comic book knowledge and the comic book side of his channel naturally for some reason, maybe it's has to do with, with that title up there. But um, <laughs> yeah, we were, we're Again, Jem, thank you so much. And if you were here, if it's your first time watching the show and you came over with Jem, thank you for watching the show with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, if there were any Geminites who are first-time Comics Hall viewers, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, super cool to just have that interplay of, again, statues and comics and collecting because it is all – it's all co connected, as uh, Feige says about the Marvel Universe. It's all connected. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, but there is – there are so many different things to kind of consider with the the display of comic books and statues. Yeah. And that's another thing a lot of you guys in the comments like to bring up is, is displaying your books with the characters, the physical representations of them. Now, speaking of physical representations, we do have our Holler at the Hall question for this week. We asked you guys, do you have any comic book tattoos? Mm -hmm. This is a fun one. We've actually got some pictures to go along. Uh, sure so... Do. If we got those assets to pull up, we've got a uh, response from Cody Edwards in the Facebook group, a uh, lovely moderator with an incredible uh, tattoo of a very specific Captain America panel. Uh, Cody did post the actual panel artwork in the Facebook group alongside this tattoo. But yes. uh, as I joked earlier, 
this tattoo artist had to be the penciler, inker, colorist, and letterer <laughs> all at the same time uh, for this really nice, really cool uh, cap tattoo. Yeah, that that yeah, that tattoo is so sick. Um, and then we also had some responses that were not just of pictures. We had Chris and Luann Robinson say say said, I'm sorry, I have a faded Spider-Man tattoo from Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, Spider-Man Blue, issue one. Uh, it's faded and it needs to be touched up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was unfortunately no picture with that, but uh, no. very cool can kind of imagine. I love when people do get tattoos in other artists' styles as well. That's a really cool mm -hmm. thing to see people imitate the line art. Kelsey Lynn Clary has the X-Men logo on her arm and she provided a photograph of that as well. Uh, just kind of a classic. I, I know Kelsey. Kelsey is a huge X-Men fan, especially Rogue yes. and Gambit. So that's cool to have uh, the X-Men insignia because I, every good X-Men, every good mutant has that insignia somewhere on their costume or goodness knows where. So uh, Kelsey Lynn Clary has the X-Men logo tattooed. That's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty solid one to have. Just a nice, classy right. design. Just you can always look down and remember your fandom. It's, it never hurts. And so. we also asked if people didn't have a tattoo, because a lot of people did, mm -hmm. and they described them or sent pictures. If you didn't have one, what would you consider getting? And Paul, do you want to read our last response? Yes. Over on our Instagram, uh, Brizzy Draco said, I don't have one yet, but I would definitely get something Venom or Batman related. So there's a lot in, within those two properties that you can really choose from. And I'm sure whatever she ends up getting eventually, it's going to be awesome. So um, yeah. And that about Amy, what about you before we wrap up your... Oh. I don't have one. I'm I'm a, a a weenie when it comes to needles, but I think if I ever got one, it would it would definitely have to be something from uh, Jason Aaron's Thor run, and specifically, right. I would want it to be Russell Dodderman's version of Mjolnir because every artist draws Mjolnir differently, but Russell Dodderman's version of Mjolnir is my favorite. It's uh, your Mjolnir. Yeah. It is my Mjolnir, and uh, I was we were inspired of this question for this question. Uh, I didn't put it on today for the show. I chickened out, but. Um, a couple of weeks ago when King and Black number one came out, comic book stores were uh, giving out uh, temporary tattoos of <laughs> tattoo variant cover. There was a little really cool Venom with Null's sword going through it and the symbiote going all over the place. So if you happened to get one of the King and Black temporary tattoos, shout it out. Maybe I'll put mine on this weekend and put a picture in the Facebook group. Uh, but I was afraid it wasn't going to show up because th the worst thing would have been to be like, look, guys, it's on my hand and then have my hand disappear. Of course, my hand's not disappearing now. Sure, Amy, video. it's on your hand. <laughs> but uh, I was afraid that my hands would disappear in the video and then no one would believe me. Paul, what about you? Comic book um, tattoos, wishful thinking? <laughs> yeah, so I probably, I've always wanted somewhere, I've wanted the Green Lantern Oath because of because of course um but i would also like maybe somewhere the eye of vishanti or as everyone knows like the very um from dr strange the very noticeable insignia that he's got everywhere it's eye vishanti the symbol of agamotto whatever you want to call it like i've always wanted that somewhere i just don't know yet like as we'd said forehead maybe so <laughs> I, you know you never know is a third eye yes but uh yeah that's that would probably be one of those two things. <laughs> Very cool. Well, if you guys have comic book tattoos, you're seeing this now and you're like, wait, I want to share some, hit us up in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group. You can go to side.show slash geek for that. Um, now, because we weren't able to uh, get to your responses last week, we are recycling our Holler at the Hall question. We're going to bump it up on our channels. You guys can answer there and we will be pulling from some of the old answers. So if you already answered, you don't have to uh, answer again. But next week, we will be covering the topic of artists who drew yes. you back into comics, pun intended, uh, whether or not it was for your first time uh, and the artist that kind of inspired you to become a reader the first time around, or mm -hmm. if it was somebody who uh, got your attention again, like like we were discussing with Gem Mint, because people come in and out of comics all the time, and it could be a particular story, a writer, or an artist who draws you back in. But this time, we want yeah. to talk about artists. We did talk about writers uh, before the new year. So if you already answered, we've got your answers, your responses, but we will be bumping that up uh, for our next week's show. Yes. And we'll bring back panel of the week next week as well. Uh, we sure for the will. record, for the record, Paul won Scarlet Witch and the Vision, but uh, I don't think that one counts because we didn't do the <laughs> show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you all so much. And again, huge thank you uh, to Gem Mint and all, all the Geminites out there. Welcome. Uh, we hope you stick around. If not, seriously, 
we really appreciate you watching and just we're glad you're all reading and we're all you know comic book nerds with you so uh, enter that giveaway which will be live uh for the podcast listeners you guys still have a chance till sunday first to enter mm-hmm. um if you're listening on the podcast playback you can check that out as well but you guys still have some time uh to enter for that 10th scale wolverine statue from iron studios mm-hmm. over at side.show forward slash comics hall gem mint uh, and you can find us anywhere at the comics hall we're on twitter facebook and instagram and you can always email us your all of your compliments or how i was how i definitely won last week's panel of the week even though we didn't have a show so that's at the comics hall at sideshow.com amy take us out all right guys thank you guys so much for joining us and again thank you gem mint as always i'm amy and i'm paul and this has been the comics hall boom boom this has been the comics hall with amy and paul presented by sideshow Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek sideshow. show.